Hey, we're in the studio here, uh, Gary Wilkerson with Joshua West. We're continuing a talk where we started uh, in our last episode about the gospel. Uh, when you hear the word gospel, you think, well, obviously, um, I know of Jesus and I've been to church or Sunday school, so I know the gospel. I want to encourage you to go back and uh, watch the last episode because you, I think you might see some things that uh, brings honor and glory to Christ in some unique and new ways. So, Joshua, good to see you. How you doing today? Great. Glad glad to be here with you. Uh, thanks, bro. It's good. Hey, we're in Colorado. For some of you that watch this podcast that don't know, we are in Colorado and uh, we're getting some of our first snows. We <clears throat> get a little cold here. We've got the jacket on and it's snuggly. Uh, we used to do this podcast in my office upstairs here at the World Challenge offices and we had windows uh, looking out uh, and you know, so it's kind of nice you could kind of tell whether it's spring I got this nice tree in, <clears throat> outside my window that blossoms and so people that watched our podcast for a, a long amount of time could kind of tell when we were recording it but uh, recording this one and uh, so you moved here from Oklahoma so you probably didn't get quite as much snow as you're getting here already huh definitely didn't get as much snow but for me the the cold and the snow is a great trade-off for the wind oklahoma is very very windy so even if it's less cold the wind just makes it so so unbearable and of course my wife loves the snow so being being here she's super excited anytime a little snow comes she's (laughs) she's you know dancing around and such yeah well we got some this morning and uh it's early yet so we're going to be getting a lot more. Hey, before we start, too, uh, I just want to give a shout out of thanks to uh, Aaron and Chris, who uh, uh, developed this podcast, to produce it, to edit it, and then post it on our thing. They've been working with us for a couple of years now and uh, doing, doing a great job. Thanks, guys. They're in the studio over there and they are waving at us. So, hey, let's uh, get in. We're going to try to get uh, two segments recorded today. Uh, one about the faith that is required for the gospel, and the other is uh, the work that Jesus has done in what we call the atonement. So this, this first talk here, this first conversation will be uh, about <clears throat> faith and the faith. You said something to me that sort of sort of got me thinking. Matter of fact, I even preached on it at our Oklahoma pastors conference uh, after a conversation I had with you about the difference between faith and the faith. So yeah, well, let's start with that. So, so, so last week we talked about the gospel and then now we're talking about <clears throat> the, the, the question I had was, uh, does is it Jesus did the work for us, and then now, now it's our part is to bring the faith that we have to f- finish the work, or is faith a, a gift, or you know where where does faith lie in this? But before we go into that, just t- talk a little bit, if you would, about uh, what's your understanding of when we talk about the faith. Is that different than? Um, you know, I, I, I'm really believing for a, a new job. Are those two different things? Yeah, I think, uh, and you know, uh, as you know, I'm actually doing doctorate work right now, and uh, this is the sort of central thing that I'm focused on. Do I have to call you doctor then once you're done with that? Well, you you can call me Doctor J. You can call me whatever you like. <laughs> okay, but uh, but I think it's uh, it's just a very, it's a very. <clears throat> sometimes distorted issue um and i think the the answer to the question is you know just the word faith just in you know excluded from the bible you know we all have uh faith and hope and in things you know that things will happen um or that you know uh you have faith that you know your wife will do certain things or that people who made commitments to you honor them so you know there's there's a definitely a non-biblical 
idea of what faith is. Faith the Broncos are going to win the Super Bowl. Right, or right. Like Sometimes Which it's course, quite a lot of faith. Blind faith, blind maybe, faith, or yeah, you know. But yeah. uh, but I think the the when we talk about the Christian faith, the the things that we have faith for um, have to be rooted in the faith. And for me. Um, you know, faith, Christian faith really is knowing that we stand justified before God on the basis of Christ and that God will keep the promises he's made to us in his word. And then anything beyond that as a Christian believer has to be rooted in that. So I always like to say that our faith isn't in something, our faith is in someone. And and there are times where where we, we believe by faith for things that don't come to pass. Um, but our faith, the faith isn't shaken because not only do we know that um, the, just the things I just said, that we're, we're firmly secure in Christ if we're Christians, you know, Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. At the end of chapter 8, you know, it says that nothing will be able to separate those who are in Christ from the love of God. And so this is what the faith is, this idea that we we have salvation through what Christ did on the cross. But but I really do think, and, and you did articulate it very well in that lesson that you taught at that conference, um, that that they're not the same thing. Um, one is is born out of the other. And, and here's the truth that I think that you know, where we can get confused sometimes, there are things in our finite minds that we hope and have faith for that God and his sovereignty and his providential, like a good father, you know, overview of things don't grant to us mm -hmm. because, because he loves us and because he knows more than we do. Yeah. And so I think, uh, I think it's always important to, to talk about the faith and then we, we branch out from there. But the question I, you know, I asked you at the end, the tail end of the podcast last time, which, um, you know, that has kind of grown into a greater discussion was, do you think faith is a gift of God? Do you think it's something that he gives us or is it something that we bring to the table? And uh, and I so it's kind of it was kind of a loaded question at the end of a podcast. So now at the beginning of, of this, you know, I kind of pose that question back to you, you know, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. So if we're talking about two different types of faith and then the question comes, is faith a, a, a gift or is faith something you muster up in your own strength? Mm -hmm. I, I think maybe we want to, we want to go back and just talk a little bit more about the two types of faith. So the one is, is very, very often found in the gospels, right? Um, faith for my, the centurion, my servant is sick. Jesus says, oh, you, you have, uh, I've never seen such faith. I'm not sure. I don't know if you would agree with this or not. I'm not sure he's talking there about. I've never seen a man with such of the faith. Uh, like he understands the gospel like nobody else. And right. He, he came to understand the word. You know, the, the law is insufficient. And you know, so totally. I don't think he's talking about that. He's talking about like he really believes that I can heal his servant. And I think most of the people that came to Jesus for healing were coming with faith for. Right. And I also would say that has caught on in the American culture quite deeply that the the interest in our churches is faith for. You're believing for the new house, you're believing for the new car, you're believing for the new job, you're believing for the great wife, you're believing for the children that get the 4.0 average. You're believing for things more more than being rooted and grounded in the faith. Definitely. And so, so Jesus talked about having faith, and that's a good thing. You know, I, I have faith for this ministry. I have faith for the finances it requires to do this. I have faith that this podcast will will affect people's lives. And so I'm not putting down having faith for things, but I'm also saying 
there's something that's higher than that. I think that's what you were saying, wasn't it? Definitely. There's there's something more, uh, and that's you know. There's, so so a couple of scriptures come to mind: First Timothy uh, six twelve, fight the good fight of the faith. So he's not saying there fight um, to make sure that you're really believing strong for that new job. Right. He's, he, so and, and so and when we get these things twisted, it, it can take us to the point where you're talking about where you can get disappointed because you're believing for something where God and His sovereignty isn't going to do that. One other scripture then is is also in the same same book, First um, Timothy six, um, or sorry, First Timothy, or no, First Timothy four. Uh, the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith. Right. So that's kind of what we're seeing today. Uh, but that, so that's kind of a background. Then to get right to the to, to the question you're asking, I think we go to uh, Ephesians one. Sorry, Ephesians chapter two, and verse eight. Uh, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing; it is the gift of God. So I'm going to put it back to you for just a minute, and then I, I have a comment on this passage as well. Too, do you would you read this as um, two different things, like a ping pong table? Uh, God serves up grace and salvation and then now my response is and I know this is kind of tricky because we do have to have faith so I'm right. not belittling that but but when it says this is not of your own doing it's a gift from God are you reading this as uh, the grace and the salvation is the gift of God and then the faith is our response or do we read it I mean I I personally uh, you know have looked you know, deep into Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, many, many times, such a, you know, just a, a powerful passage and explanation of the gospel, the purpose, the power, um, you know, where it comes from, what part of responsibility is God, what, what, what that brings out in us. And, and for me, it really seems like one continuous statement that, yeah. that, that the, the grace and and the gift and and faith is all wrapped up in in that same thing. I I think that that it is a gift of God to have faith. And and I think you know if we go back to the book of Romans, when it says faith come by hearing, and hearing the word of the Lord, this is something that God has given us His word. And so even though that's not talking direct, you you can't just reduce that down to a gospel. You know that's. Uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It builds up our faith in the faith, but but not to get too far away from what we are saying. But even when we talk about the centurion, he didn't have a a robust understanding of the gospel. He he probably didn't have any understanding of any of that. But his faith was rooted in the person and character of Christ, just in the same way that, in my opinion, that the thief on the cross looked over at Christ. Mm-hmm. It, there wasn't some deep. Um, you know, theological understanding. He didn't, you know, sit down. The book of Romans wasn't read. You know, he didn't uh, sit through sermons, but he he understood something about because when we talk about the gospel and the faith we have in Christ and all the things that that spring out from that, it really is the gospel itself is rooted in the person of Christ. And so uh, so for me to say that the, the gospel is a gift given to us grace is a gift given to us faith is a gift given to us um there is something about who they were appealing to you know i could appeal to um you know maybe 
my uncle, you know, for a billion dollars and no matter how nice or much he thinks of me, it, it there's not the ability to do that. But but maybe if I build a pill to Warren Buffett and I had a great idea, he might be able to actually deliver on that. So I feel like there is some sort of gift of faith that was even given to the to the thief on the cross where he turned to Jesus because obviously Jesus said, surely this day you'll be with me in paradise. And the centurion understood something about the authority of Christ. I mean, he's like, you you say it. So I, I think without getting too far away, I, I think Ephesians, you know, is broke down. Ephesians 2 is broke down into these two parts. It's broke down into the part where we, what we bring to the table, sin, mm-hmm. depravity. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we deserve wrath by nature because we're born into sin. Then God gives us this wonderful gift of grace and faith. And in us, it you produces... Know. Good works. That's, you know? a, that's a uh, super important point there. That what we bring, because I think most of our minds, because we uh, our own sense of self worth that I, I, I'm, I'm valuable, I'm worth, I'm, I'm, I'm good natured. Um, so we want to bring something to the <clears throat> to the equation. Uh, so so it sounds good. Okay, Jesus, you bring the grace and the salvation, and I'll bring my faith. But what you're saying, I think, is much more rooted in Christian tradition, uh, the, the Reformers, Luther, Calvin, uh, even back to Anselm and others throughout church history that, you know, you, you, have, you have hundreds of quotes we could go into all day today right. of saying the only thing you bring, the only thing you offer is your sin. You, you, you bring your sin and, and a desperate hope. <clears throat> and then he initiates that. And this is not a Calvinistic Armenian argument because even the Armenian, Joseph Arminius, believed that you had to have something. No man in his own strength can bootstrap himself up and get salvation. It has to be something coming from God. So so you know, I read this as, again, going back to Ephesians 2, 8, 4, by grace you have been saved. There's no period. There's no comma, even though obviously in Greek they didn't have those. But there is a a flow of thought here that continues. You, you can't stop at saved You have because the next word is through. So that would be an incomplete um, thought. And so <clears throat> grace and saved through faith and this speaking of these three things just mentioned grace saved faith and this is not of your own doing it is the gift of god to me that's probably the most clear answer to the question that we're asking about the, i would the faith. Com- i would completely agree with that and i think uh i think the part that that you know i think it's hard for us as uh people because we are bent for works you know we are bent for good works we we do want to bring something to the table and and that's not a bad human trait um but when we examine the holiness of god and we examine um who we are compared to that it's not it's not a uh, you know a pushing down of the man made in god's image it's a magnification of the holiness of god and I think that's where that's where we get off, you know, because I've actually heard people, um, you know, in these sort of conversations, when you talk about the, the grievousness of sin and the fact that we didn't bring anything to the table, you know, sometimes people, you know, will say, well, you're just trying to push us down and, you know, just trying to make mm-hmm. us feel like dirty, rotten sinners. And yeah. and I would say, well, you know, yes, <laughs> yeah. um, but but not not because God. Uh, leaves us there or because he um you know it, it's not it's not a it's it's a comparison to god it's a magnification of who god is and the attributes of the eternal creator and i think that's 
that's where we really see who we are next to the sovereign, eternal, perfect, perfectly loving, perfectly just, omnipresent. I mean, mm-hmm. we, you know, as you begin to mention those attributes, how could we even stand next to that? You know, from dust we came and dust we will return. And so I think it really is in that place that we we truly see our need for the gospel, because if we bring any of those things to the table, then then it really does lessen the you know the magnificent idea that this God you know Philippians two condescended to our level mm-hmm. the great stooping down is is you know the theologians say the great stooping down of of a God who literally needed nothing from us right. and it, and, it, and and to me it magnifies the love of God in the gospel mm, absolutely the other passage of scripture I think that ties in with what we're talking about, you know, because the Bible itself says, you know, by two or three witnesses. So we've got Ephesians uh, 2.8. That seems to be quite clear, faith being a gift. Uh, And then I I always like to go to Hebrews uh, chapter 12, um, looking unto Jesus, the founder or author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So the, the uh, interesting right right after Hebrews 11, which is you know some people call the heroes of faith, uh, that that and we read it through the lens of a culture that wants a lot of things for ourselves, if that makes sense. And so we read, oh, if Abraham could have a lot of children, then I could have a you know a, a, a big church or a big you know. And so we read it through that lens. <clears throat> but uh, right after that. You know, you say we were surrounded by these witnesses. Well, what what are they witnessing to? Are they witnessing? And I, I do believe we read Hebrews eleven through this lens of faith for, or I'm believing for uh, freedom from Egypt. I'm believing from you know, and they were there. There was a believing for, but but it was is that really what they were witnessing, or is is it something else? Because verse two, I would say it's something else that they're they really were. Uh, they were really looking for, I believe they were really looking for the faith and not just believing for, because it says looking unto Jesus, uh, and which is to me, is like I, I could I could probably live off those three words, looking unto Jesus, like just like, what do you want to do when you wake up? Oh, looking unto Jesus. What do you want to do tomorrow? Uh, looking unto Jesus. That to me is just like, because he's so worthy of it, his brilliance, his glory, his grace, his kindness, his long-suffering, the, the, the fact that he speaks to us uh, that, that that he lets us speak to him, all those things. You know, that gives us that eyes. Keep keep your eyes fix your fix your eyes on Jesus. But 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 doing that by mustering it up, stirring it up. Like I'm going to try harder to love Jesus or look to Jesus. No, he founded it, and he's going to perfect it. So the founder is like, you know, if if you were to start a church, you're the founder. Or if you start a business, you're the founder of the business. <clears throat> that thing would not exist. Unless the founder put it into existence, it's, it exists there because the founder made it happen. So I read this as my faith is faith that I can look unto Jesus because He founded that. He He founded He found me, but He founded the faith in me. And not only that, then He's going to perfect it. I don't know. You, you see it kind of like that too, or? Uh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, I think the most important thing about you know reading. The last several chapters of the book of Hebrews really is 
to contextually understand anything in 10, 11, or 12, you kind of have to know them all together. Okay. You know, uh, you know there, there's sort of like a real life example being laid out to actual people that the author of this letter is, is writing about, specific people who are suffering and being imprisoned. And, and, yeah. and it says, but they were willing to have their property plundered. They were willing to go to prison. It says because they, they had a greater reward. This is the thing they were looking forward to. Um, and then in, in Hebrews 11, it begins to talk about that faith that the, that un, unified these people. And he yeah. gives this great cloud of witnesses that that has one thing that binds them together. Um, and it tells us what it is in Hebrews 11, um, especially when it's talking about Abraham, that he was looking forward to a yeah. city whose foundations <laughs> and builder is God himself. Yeah. Or or when it talks about Moses, when it says he resisted the treasures of Egypt because he was looking forward to, it doesn't say something vague. It says to Christ. Yeah. And so even though they, they saw through a glass dimly, they didn't see clearly, the thing that it's talking about is the faith but what's interesting is it manifests itself in individual ways to each of these people mm -hmm. some people were, were living off of promises god gave them like sarah abraham moses and we see the floundering of them frankly and the yeah. faithfulness of god he started it he finished it but then we have the example of someone like rahab who who didn't have necessarily a promise from God of the faith, you know, right. looking forward to something. So by faith, she was included as she favored God's people and hid them um, because she believed in that moment. So when we get to the, the 12th chapter of Hebrews, what it's really, in my opinion, doing is unifying all of these things. You know, these these aren't like individual stories of heroes of the faith. This is the individual story of one hero mm, of the faith, yeah. Jesus Christ. And, and, and the beautiful part is, <clears throat> is as we look to him, um, you know, the, through the gift of faith that he gives us in the gospel, it's we, we know that he's the author of it. But the encouragement is that he who began a good work in you, Philippians 1, 6, will be faithful to complete it or looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And so when that letter was being written, it was being written to a group of people who are under great persecution. And he was saying, listen, the, the, the prostitute Rahab and the great hero that you know, Moses, are bound together by one thing. Wow. And in my humble opinion, that is the faith. And that is the faith that is a gift yeah. of God himself. Let me, let me tell you one other thing that I just was thinking about while you're talking. In Romans 8, <clears throat> you know, some people will, uh, you know, call this the greatest chapter. You know, some people say it's the greatest chapter in the Bible. Obviously, yeah, we don't want to be, um, yeah, it's a hard thing to say because the Bible is all God's word. But it is a very, like, pinnacle chapter where, you know, you come through this long journey of, of the sin of man, the holiness of God, the judgment being stored up. And then finally you come to this like mountaintop moment where, but for those who are in Christ, there isn't any of this condemnation. When you talk about the author and finisher of your faith, when it gets down to a place where it talks about Christ himself, it says, what shall we say in verse 31 of all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how he, will he not also graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. 
Who is to condemn Christ Jesus, the one who died more than that who was raised and now is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us? What's so interesting about this is earlier in Romans, where Paul is is making Jesus the judge. Mm -hmm. He's the one who's, he's going to be the one who judges the world, it tells us in earlier chapters. And here it's telling us, for those of us who are in Christ, that the judge, the person who's actually going to bring condemnation on those outside of Christ, he's the one who's advocating for us. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is another glimpse into that sort of author and finisher of our faith. It is Christ who saved us, not because of anything we brought to the table. Christ saved us. and, and, And in that, the same one who, let me say it like this, he's not going, he's not going to change his mind those who by faith trust in him who are no longer under condemnation he's going to see that all the way through to the end because the judge himself is our advocate yeah. um don't want to get off on some but to me that is a, a sort of a side glance of this gift mm-hmm. jesus gave it so he's not going to take it back and i think when we talk about saving faith i think that's the that's the term when i say the faith we're talking about saving faith yeah um this is what we have to we, we we look at the character of the God who is saving us. And and I think going back to the centurion and going back to the thief on the cross, isn't this what they were appealing to? The character of this man, not only that he had the ability to heal, makes sense, yeah. but the willingness to. Yeah. And so I think we can tie that back into the gospel too. Yeah. I hope I didn't go on too yeah. far of a U-turn there, but yeah. I just feel like I it's think, important to realize. Yeah, no, you're making a good point. It's, it's, like the character and nature of God is the what we tether and get rooted to. It's the anchor of the believing for. Um, and what I have been contending for is we're getting that backwards sometimes. We're we're seeing Christ as the solution to all the things we're believing for, rather than the solution of the the faith that we're believing in. We're believing in Christ, who He is, what He's done for us, and then out of that comes a confidence in His goodness that sustains us even when his goodness as as you said earlier the sovereignty of god sometimes will say no to certain things or not bring to pass hebrews 11 you know some some of them were 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 saved from persecution others were sawn in half right well did the first (laughs) half have faith and the second half not have faith and but but all all of them had faith you know every every single one of them in hebrews 11 the, the the single denominator common denominator is that they all had i believe the faith and even you know and that's why some of these people that when we read their stories, they seem to waver in faith. Abraham, when you read his history, he wavered in faith, but to, so it's like he wavered not. Right. You know, so I said, wait a minute here. So like I read the story, he seems to be wavering. Well, I think he may have wavered in believing for, am I going to really have sons? But he never wavered in the, but I know this God. I, I've seen him and, uh, you know, the, this, this, this sense of his presence uh, that 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 did that, and so I, I think it's just uh, let's let's both wrap up with some closing thoughts. Mine would be an encouragement to those who are listening to be very careful about what you put first, uh, believing for or believing in, uh, because if you put believing for first, you're setting yourself up for not getting it, and then be disappointed, and God's not good, and I thought He was this, uh, and believing in that 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 gives us we're rooted in that that's the anchor hebrews talks about that as well and you know maybe as as we don't have time to go into it but maybe some people listen could read hebrews 11 one more time through the lens of asking the question 
is that faith for or that faith in? So, so for instance, well, the first one is uh, for by it, speaking of faith, uh, people of old received their condemnation by faith. We understood that the universe was created. So nobody was sitting around saying, uh, uh, you know, because no one was created yet, so there couldn't have been a faith for, uh, I, I really <laughs> I'm believing God will create the universe. Right. So he's talking there about something else. We're believing in, the, this is the faith that God is creator. He created through Christ Jesus. That gives us this understanding we're talking about today of that. Um uh, the the you know even Abraham uh, there, there's no indication of Abraham ever sitting there in you know with his father and family and his, the shepherd that he was saying I don't want to be a shepherd anymore I want to be the father of nations so I'm believing for God to raise me up to be the father and you know God gave him the word and then he believed the word because God put a faith in his heart and so I'm I'm contending today to believe that that. Verse 1 of Hebrews 11, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, that I'm contending we need to see that through the lens of the faith Definitely. more than we see it through the lens, because I think people read Hebrews 11 through the lens of, I want to contend for faith to believe right. that that uh, I'm going to get that raise or the sickness will be gone, you know, right. and, 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 there, and those things are good. But there's something deeper than that, that and that's what uh, Hebrews 10, 19 says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, uh, so so this is this is a word that is the writer of Hebrews is, is getting ready to tell us the stories of Hebrews 11. So he's saying, okay, we have confidence. Uh, then in 22 he says, we draw near with hearts full, draw near with true heart, full of assurance of faith. And then verse 23, uh, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. He's setting up Hebrews 11 by saying, what, I, what I'm about to tell you in 11 is confidence to enter the holy place. It's not confidence to get something from God. No doubt. Uh, it's, it's, it's a heart full of assurance of faith. Uh, and he who is promised a faithful, uh, that's uh, holding to our confession. And, you know, you and I both know the, the confession is is not... You know, I'm confessing for a new car. Right. It's, uh, although that's used that way today, isn't it? But yes. it's, a, it's a much deeper confession. I'm confessing in the faith, which then I believe, lastly, gives us the the, the foundation that's strong and unmovable, and shakable to begin then to believe for things, because I'm because I know your nature and your character. I'm believing you want to save the lost, so I can pray for that with, without confidence, uh, with, with confidence. But I don't I don't know that I can pray with confidence that my salary next year increases 50%. You know, I can claim that. I can confess it all I want. But that, and that may be a good thing that God wants to do. Right. I, I would thank him for it. But but that's not what, that's, that's not the lens we want to read scripture through. We want to read it through the faith that is this gift of God. And that, that gift doesn't mean we don't, it doesn't mean we're a slab of meat, you know, and, and saying like, I, well, if I don't have faith, that's God's fault because he didn't give it to me. Right. It's, it's, we, we, you know, we we work as if it's all on us in a sense, even even though it's not a work. I'm saying that wrong. No, I'm but with you. That makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. So anyway, anyway, I'm 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 done. What about you, buddy? <laughs> Anything to oh, finish yeah. up our conversation on this gift of faith? Definitely. I think um, a couple of things I'd say is it, one is this: when you look at what you're just reading in chapter ten of Hebrews, this confidence that he has, you know, is that God will keep his promises. I think oftentimes. Um, you know, maybe some distorted theology has taught us indirectly or directly that what we think is good for us 
our promises of God. I've heard people say all the time, I'm standing on the promise of God that, that this is gonna happen or that's gonna happen. But God didn't necessarily promise that your salary would increase by 50% next year. Right. God didn't promise that some particular project that you you know are working on would be successful. Yeah. It doesn't mean we don't pray for him. I think the thing is, is you know when Jesus taught us to pray, he taught us to pray this way to our Father. Man, how, isn't that mm -hmm. exciting? Our yeah. Father in heaven. Beautiful. But then he says, but but pray for the stuff you need and and the stuff you're working through in your life through this lens. Thy kingdom come, mm -hmm. thy will be done. And so, <clears throat> I think the confidence we can have, we can have unshakable confidence in the promises of the Bible. There are promises that God made to specific people that may not. Uh, apply to us like you said earlier god didn't promise he's gonna you know if i build a boat that he's gonna flood the world and save everyone right. you know it, save my family not everyone else or that your wife will have a baby when she's 90 years old there's but there are promises in the bible yes. he promises he'll never leave us or forsake us he promises that we'll rise up on the wings of eagle we'll run and not grow weary we will not faint he promises that jesus is the same yesterday today and forever so we can hold fast to those promises yes but then when we pray for things that aren't necessarily promised in the Bible, we, we appeal to the character of God. Oh, we appeal good. to, we see it through the lens of the kingdom of God. I think people who doubt God, um, and all of us do, I think we, we tend to doubt God in one of two ways. We doubt his greatness or we doubt his goodness. Mm -hmm. So there's times where, you know, we, we know for sure that God can do anything. We may be totally convinced of that. But you may not yeah. you may not have, you know, the goodness of God. Maybe God doesn't want these things for me. Maybe I, you know, I I don't deserve this or whatever. And that's not the way we should pray. We we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done, but we do pray for our sick level and we do pray for our wayward prodigal son. And we can appeal to the character of God in these things, trusting in his sovereign power. But then there's other people too who who may think God is good, but sometimes they may not think he's He's able, and I think we can err on both sides. The last thing I would say is this. I'll, I'll take a practical evan evangelistic vent to this. You know, my experience in life, much of it is in the ministry of Teen Challenge as a pastor in Teen Challenge and also as a, a drug addict who came to Teen Challenge. When I came to Teen Challenge, I wasn't coming for God. I wasn't coming for Christ. I was coming because I had a need. And what discouraged me in the beginning of my time there was that I was telling them, I have all these problems. I need money. I need to be a, you know, off of drugs. I need all these sort of things. And they kept giving me Jesus <laughs> um, because they knew something I didn't. They knew that if, if my life was rooted in Christ, then the fruit of Christ would end up solving many of these other problems. Yeah. You know, I just want them to please deal with this felt need. Well, I think as Christians, sometimes we do the same thing. We focus too much on the need rather than the security that comes from the one who is sustaining us, the one who is keeping us. And so we don't have to pretend like we're holy rollers. Listen, if, if my wife was sick with cancer, I would be it, it would be something a need. I would be coming to God for that. If my son was wayward, I would be praying for that. If I had a financial situation where, you know, I needed a better job or more money. And, and, and the, I come to God with these things. But just like you said, to take your words and throw them back at you, is my surety is not how and when God will answer these. My surety is in the faith. 
that nothing can separate me from the love of God, that no matter what the promise he kept to that he made to every person throughout Christian history and even before that, um, that we will be with Christ eternally. Um, That's what. But but it's from that that I appeal to God based on his goodness. And because I know that he he does have a character, he is a healer, he is a helper. And why do I know this? Because the Bible tells me so. So when we lack faith, this gift that God has given us, if we're lacking, we go to God's word, we go to his promises. And so my my advice to the believer is to to press into your faith and to to those who are trying to bring people into the faith, give them Jesus. Because without without the faith, without the source of the answer to those things, um, they're just having faith in something rather than in someone that that will, can actually answer. And and the best part about having faith for things in Christ is that God knows what we need more than we do. Um, I won't be long-winded, but I'll just say this. There were many times that I prayed for things that God didn't answer my prayer in the order or in the season that I wanted him to because he was doing a more important work, conforming me to the image of Christ, building my faith in him, building that perseverance that the book of James talks about. And then, you know, and then in most cases, he did answer the prayer too. But because he's a good father, he he was using all things together for the good of those who yeah. love him and are called according to his purpose. Yeah, so good. Yeah, this, the, uh, it, <clears throat> you and I probably would agree that some of our prayers, if they were answered, we'd be disappointed right now. We'd be like, oh. No doubt. And then some of the ones that looking back and God not answering them, we go like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. The, the, just a quick example, like, like uh, when I was 16 or 17, I was playing guitar quite a bit and this fairly well-known um, musician, uh, band leader, asked me to join his band. I thought, I'm going to be a rock star. And uh, <laughs> you, you were in that too. Yeah, you were yeah. in that world. And uh, you know, I, I was praying about it like, Lord, I really like to, I'm so glad. And you know, I I I think I did one or two gigs with them, and they said, you know, you just don't have it. And I was really disappointed. Like I, th- I thought, God, you know, I was believing God for this, and yep. and it didn't come. But now, I mean, I'm so so grateful because the call that I have to preach the gospel, to be a teacher of the word, is exactly what He built me for. And, yep. And, and I still love music and I love worship music when people lead me in that. But you know, the, that He gave me this calling is exactly right. So God God knows what He's doing, and He's right. But uh, thanks, Dr. Joshua, soon to be Dr. Joshua West. So I got a couple of years still. Blessed to be with you in the studio today. And thanks for listening. Hey, before we uh, let you go, just a couple things uh, that we'd like to draw your attention to. One is a new book coming out at World Challenge called Fire in His Bones. It's 50 uh, sermons collected by my father, David Wilkerson, that I think will penetrate your heart. They're like uh, like the hammer of the word of God, the fire, that the refining fire if you know anything about his ministry, uh, you'll know this, this book will help you. You can pre-order it now on any of your favorite uh, places, Barnes and Nobles or <clears throat> Amazon, or uh, very soon we'll be uh, making an offer here at World Challenge for you to order it from us as well. Also, for you that are praying for your church and your pastor, uh, or if you are a pastor listening or if your friend's a pastor, let them, let them hear this episode of this podcast or others. Uh, but then also, uh, we want to invite you if you're a pastor or if you're a believer, uh, and you, would you invite your pastor to a uh, conference we're, we're having in uh, February of uh, 2023 in San Diego? Uh, it's uh, called Fire in Our Bones. 
uh, from Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9, where Jeremiah was discouraged about what was going on in his culture and his nation, and he was ready to give up. But he said, but there's a fire in our bones, and we're, we're calling on pastors not to give up, but to believe for great things to come. And so uh, check out our, uh, some, we'll put some details in the show notes here of this podcast, but that's in February uh, in San Diego, California. And then August later in, in the year of 23, should the Lord Terry will be in New York City at Times Square Church doing another Fire in Our Bones East Coast Conference. Nikki Cruz, uh, Carter Conlon, the former pastor of Times Square Church, uh, Tim Delina, Josh will be there and others uh, that, uh, uh, R.T. Kendall, if you've ever heard that great uh, man that used to pastor at Westminster Chapel in London. Uh, just some real deep words from the Lord. This is not a conference to uh, teach you how to do small groups or uh, grow to, from 200 to 400 or whatever the types of, you know, there's, not, there's no tips or tricks. This is going back to the gospel. This is going back to the heart of of, of why we worship, of why we follow Jesus, of, of seeing our nation transformed through really believing strongly that the gospel is sufficient, that Christ is enough. And so, so we'll be preaching Jesus, uh, preach the word as Paul told Timothy, and we'll, we'll encourage you to do that. So uh, mark your calendar and join us in San Diego in February. God bless you. Thanks for being with us today. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in the mission of World Challenge. Thank you for listening and supporting. World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Visit us online at worldchallenge.org.